Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watts Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of June 4th through June 6th, 2021. My name is Paolo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well. If Memorial Day weekend was rainy and didn't quite feel like summer yet for me, uh, this past weekend definitely was, with over 90 degree weather here in New York City most of the time. Uh, I've already bust out the air conditioner, but hey, movie theaters have just as great air conditioning as well. Uh, my AMC A-list is activated, reactivated. I saw another movie in theaters. Um, I'm going to be out of town this weekend and on a trip with friends, but I'm actually trying to catch another one uh, before we leave Thursday evening. More on that later, though, um, but it definitely feels like a movie season is is back and summer is back uh, with the second weekend in a row over $15 million. Uh, we'll hop into that uh, with the top five domestic films this weekend. Uh, in first place, we have the newcomer, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, scaring up uh, $24 million in 3,102 theaters for a per theater average of $7,740. This one definitely stole some audience from A Quiet Place 2, being both horror thriller films. Uh, now, th- this film is the ninth Conjuring film in the franchise, and while it definitely isn't the biggest opening, uh, that would go to the $53 million opening of The Nun, uh, it surprisingly was not the lowest, uh, which is, you know, given the uh, state of the pandemic and people still coming back, um, you'd think it would be. Um, Annabelle Comes Home in 2019 opened at $20 million opening weekend. Now, sir, apparently this is only uh, the third main Conjuring film as opposed to a spin-off. I don't know. I am not a big horror buff. Uh, that one would be uh, the second main uh, Conjuring film, uh, Conjuring 2, opened in 2016 to $40 million. But regardless, uh, this definitely performed well on the upper end of the 15 to $25 million uh, long-range forecast from box office pros. Now, so far, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It uh, has made about $33 million internationally since it opened early. Um, in about uh, thirty in about uh, forty one markets this weekend. It opened in number one in thirty one of them, um, and it so far has a total of about fifty seven million to date, um, against a budget of thirty nine million dollars. Uh, the Conjuring franchise is definitely an overperformer in that regard, um, with an average of about two hundred forty five million dollars worldwide per film on budgets of about twenty million dollars each. I don't think it's gonna this one's gonna get to the two hundred plus million dollar range, um, but hey, you never know. Uh, but I, just because of you know the rest of the world uh, is is still you know not not everywhere is fully open again. Um, overall, the Conjuring films have had about 2.5x multipliers. Uh, so for this one, I think we're going to be looking at about 60 million dollars domestic and about 168 million dollars worldwide. Again, uh, in normal times, probably a little bit lower just because of the rest of the world not being fully open yet. Uh, note this one is also available on HBO Max as well, so that will further degrade what these openings will be. But still, definitely a solid number for opening nonetheless. Uh, in second place, we have Acquired Place 2, last week's top film. Uh, this one dropped 59% versus last week, uh, which seems steep and partly explained by the similar audience of The Conjuring, but you also have to remember that last week was inflated because of the holiday, um, and so, you know, Aladdin, for example, dropped 53% in 2019, Solo dropped 65% in 2018, and The Last Pirates of the Caribbean movie dropped 65% in 2017, so these are all kind of, so this uh, 59% drop is kind of in line with that. In fact, it might be a little bit better than normal. Uh, overall, uh, so far, Quiet Place 2 has grossed uh, $19.2 million in 3,744 theaters this past weekend for a per theater average of $5,146. The domestic total is now $88.3 million uh, and added $36.8 million from abroad, and you're just over $125 million lifetime. 
Uh, Cruella came in third place, uh, dropping 49%. Again, a bit steeper than what Raya dropped in its second weekend as another premiere access film. Though, again, consider that the, the holiday weekend in that drop-off. Uh, so far, it has made 11 million and 3,922 this past weekend for a per theater average of $2,805. It has made so far domestically $43.4 million with another almost identical $43.3 million from abroad, bringing the lifetime total up to $86.7 million. Uh, in fourth place, we have another newcomer in Spirit Untamed, the movie based on the Netflix animated TV series spun off of the original DreamWorks film from 19 years ago. Um, this one made $6 million in 3,211 theaters for a per theater average of $1,900. This one came near the top of its predictions, which it had in the uh, 2 to $7 million weights. Um, that means that with $1 million from overseas at a lifetime now sits at $7 million, the lowest opening in DreamWorks history. Uh, a little bit more on this film actually so this one had about i think something like 68 plus percent uh women attendance and definitely something like 45 percent attendance of under 17 year olds um, so this was definitely skewed toward the young girls as opposed to raya which i just looked up the numbers to make an argument with somebody online i believe had something closer to 57 percent female and about 33 percent under uh under uh, 17 for its opening weekend. So that one had a bit more of an even family-friendly split. So um, I don't think this was going to hold on that well, just given the limited target targeting for this one. Um, and with that, you know, speaking of Raya, you know, again, Spirit Untamed did perform on the top of its expectations, which I think bodes well for the box office overall that those people wanted to go to the box office. But I don't think it's going to outlive or outlast uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which came in fifth at $1.2 million. This is in its 14th weekend. Um, sir, it's on only 1,504 theaters right now uh, with a per theater average of 853. But the legs on this are ridiculous, uh, even with a 45% drop this weekend, which granted is still pretty low, uh, especially considering Moral Day weekend. Um, and, and also considering that this past weekend, it already came out for free on Disney Plus without having to pay for premiere access. Um, domestic total sits at $53 million, Aeronational at $60 million, for a lifetime total of somewhere in the $114 million range. Um, the, I think a big question will be, will it continue to stay at a plus a million dollars? I'm kind of doubtful. Some of the math that I ran, again, in that same Reddit uh, argument I got into, um, suggests that, you know, because of the upcoming Peter Rabbit film, uh, you know, that will probably eat into the family-friendly audience, definitely not Spirit Untamed. Um, it's not It's not going to have a high enough per theater average, and it's losing theaters too quickly, I think, to uh, make up for that. Uh, anyway, outside of the top 10, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong may only be in ninth place, uh, but it has less than half a million dollars. It made half, less than half a million this past weekend, but it's at $99 million so far. So it'll likely be the first film post-pandemic to gross $100 million domestically, uh, especially since Acquired Place 2 kind of lost some steam compared to its opening weekend, um, which, you know, if Conjuring hadn't come out, I think Acquired Place 2 probably would have uh, gotten to the $100 million mark this past weekend. Uh, and also Demon Slayer continues its run to $50 million domestic, uh, with $576,000 this past weekend in 8th place, now sitting at $477.7 million. Going to be a little bit of a squeaker here, um, if it's going to make it to that point. 
Uh, overall, the total box office sits at just under 66 million US dollars. Uh, the second weekend in a row, again, over 50 million dollars after last week's 80 million plus holiday over the three days. Uh, this coming weekend, we have In the Heights to look forward to, which estimates say it's open in the 25 to 45 million dollars range. Personally, I think it's going to open uh, north of 50 million dollars based on the hype. It's currently at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Peter Rabbit 2 also opens this weekend with an estimated 17 to 22 million dollars last I saw, though again, that was for a different weekend, um, so it might be a little bit different. Uh, again, this one should be a family-friendly film to replace Raya over the coming weeks until Hotel Transylvania 4 comes out. Uh, not much on the international news, so let's just hop over to the box, Chinese box office. Uh, Fast and the Furious came in first place over the third weekend. Uh, not quite as steep a drop as last week's 80 plus percent drop. It fell only 57% to 8.8 .8 million for a running total of $204 million. The lion's share out of the $256 million it's made over eight markets so far internationally. Uh, in second place, Doraemon Walk With Me 2 made $7.7 .7 million for a running total of $36.3 million in China. In third place, Acquired Place 2 in its second weekend made it $7.1 million, running total of $29 million there, um, the lion's share of the international revenue. Uh, in fourth place, local film Cliff Walkers made $3.2 million this weekend for a running total of $178 million. Uh, in fifth place, local film Love Will Tear Us Apart made $2.5 million for a running total of $47.7 million. And now, I know we don't talk about films outside the top five of China, but uh, Cruella did open uh, on Sunday, so it didn't get the full weekend. And despite that, it still was able to get $1.8 million, good for sixth place. Um, currently, it has a 9.2 on Malian, which is pretty good. Um, so it's like, uh, so it should hopefully perform well. That being said, this coming weekend is a national holiday in China with a bunch of new films locally coming out, uh, in addition to Peter Rabbit 2 as well. So we'll see if Cruella is able to go the distance and how the legs on that one turns out to be in China. Um, some estimates, I think, are saying maybe in the 10 to $15 million dollar reigns at best. Uh, some other quick headlines, not, again, not a lot this week, mostly announcements related to the good performances of these films. Uh, for example, The Hollywood Reporter has a story that a Cruella sequel is already in development, uh, which is a pretty fast turnaround time, but I guess the internal premiere access numbers were positive enough combined with the not-so-bad box office reception. Um, I could definitely see a future model for Disney where they continue doing premiere access, but not for every film. I think for select films. Uh, might be that they, this is where they put the live-action remakes um, or like the mid-size live-action remix, perhaps. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think the MCU, aside from Black Widow, will continue on Premiere Access. Now, this one's not quite a sequel, but a spin-off film for A Quiet Place from Jeff Nichols was announced last year, and it has been dated for 2023. So it's a bit of a while off, and it's not quite, again, not a full sequel, not A Quiet Place Part 3, but I guess with a good performance of the mainline series, especially on a low budget, um, this is hoping they can have, I think this is Paramount hoping they can have another conjuring-type fra horror franchise for them. Um... Now, while Luca is set to debut on Disney Plus in two weekends for free, um, there will actually be one theater where it has a theatrical release, uh, the Capitan Theater in Hollywood, starting on the 18th. Uh, likely, I think this was booked by Disney um, long in advance of the Oscars making the announcement last week that they would accept streaming films for this year's upcoming awards. They wanted to just get it booked just in case they wouldn't accept those kind of films. So uh, having that one-week release uh, would be what... Uh, the um what this would be for um but yeah in any case the the news and the buzz early for luca seems to be pretty positive um frankly it would probably be more shocking if the early buzz for a pixar film was not positive 
Uh, let's see, what else? Oh yeah, remember the planetary blockbuster that was going to supposedly be premiered and screwed at Cannes? Turns out it's actually just F9, not Dylan or the Eternals. Um, oh well. Um, there's also a report that a positive COVID test uh, on the Mission Impossible 7 set has shut down production over in the UK. Uh, currently it's set for a May 2022 release date. Uh, I believe the shutdown's for 14 days, um, so I don't think this would cause them to push the film back, uh, that date back at all. Uh, now some international news. Uh, Godzilla vs Kong, uh, the only international news. Godzilla vs Kong is finally set for a Japan Japan release, uh, coming July second after the latest May release. They got bumped due to the recent shutdowns over there. So it'd definitely be a highlight for the uh, summer season over in Japan. Uh, let's see, some streaming news. Uh, according to Nielsen's streaming ratings, the film uh, Mitchells and the Machines on the first weekend of, uh, or the first week of May uh, came out on Netflix and ended up being having the highest number of, mo- of uh, minutes watched at 853 million minutes, um, beating out the likes of Grey's Anatomy, The Handmaid's Tale, and Saddle and Bone. Uh, this is pretty significant just because it's a movie, which is only, you know, watched at once, two million, like, you know, two, uh, you know, 20 minutes or, or 120 minutes, 90 minutes once as a opposed to, you know, these these multiple episode things that have, you know, multiple hours worth of content for people to watch. Um, and the fact that this ended up still being the highest watched thing in terms of total amount of time is definitely a feather in, in Netflix's cap here, especially since they, I believe they bought the film for only $100 million from Sony Animation. Uh, and then on, on our AMC watch, uh, I may have mentioned this last week, I can't forget, remember, but in case I didn't, uh, AMC apparently launched an investor's program, uh, where if you're a shareholder uh, of the stock, you can get an AMC Stubbs account with free popcorn and apparently access to special screenings and newsletters for investors. Uh, they're definitely leaning into the memeiness of their stock for the common man here, um, which, for better or worse, you know, has helped them out, out of, during the pandemic out of their financial situation. Uh, speaking of AMC, in this week's What Have I Been Watching segment, I caught Cruella at my local AMC this past Saturday. Uh, overall, I would say you know, this is probably the best Disney live-action remake uh, thus far. Um, now, part of it, I think, is that it's not really a remake uh, per se, as you know, it doesn't really do beat-for-beat do beat the same story that we saw in animated form. It's really more an origin story here. Yeah, 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 there's a joke that is basically Disney's Joker. Uh, but the fact that they have the freedom to basically write whatever story they want, on, you know, which I believe the director was the guy who made I, Tanya, uh, so he definitely knows how to have his uh, way with, like, you know, revenge-driven uh, uh, female, strong female characters. Um, yeah, you know, there were definitely, co- definitely callbacks to things from the original films, but unlike other, you know, uh, origin stories such as, you know, Solo from the Star Wars franchise, these, uh, you know, callbacks didn't feel like they were crammed in for the sake of being cute. Um, perhaps it may be because, you know, while I can definitely, you know, quote Mulan, for example, I definitely know so much about Star Wars, um, I can't really quote the 101 Dalmatians film. Uh, so, you know, maybe some of the things flew under the radar until you really thought about it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I also really, anyway, in any case, you know, production-wise, I really love the way they recreated the almost period setting of London, especially with the use of their rock punk soundtrack um, and also the stellar costumes. I, I, I will say I think this is an early contender for best costume uh, at the Oscars. Um, Emma Stone is also brilliant, as is her nemesis, played by Emma Thompson. Um, I will say some of her character, Cruella's, um, you know, character growth felt very abrupt at times, like he turned turn on a dime. Um, not fully, and I'm not fully sure how 
how she went from where she ended up at the end of the film to being where she was in the animated feature. Um, but I guess that's what you know the sequel is coming up. That's what the sequel is for. Um, I just hope they continue with the you know minor spoilers, but you know they didn't hurt any dogs in this film, uh, which is very important if you love dogs as my wife does. Um, I do kind of wish we had been able to see some of that uh, younger Cruella's chemistry uh, with the Jasper character, um, but that may just be Emma Stone. You know is is charming uh, when she's kind of just like being her perky self sometimes um, uh, as opposed to the Cruella, Cruella character. Um, speaking of Jasper actually though and circling back on the on the whole thing about recreating London, I love how multicultural this film was. Um, not in the way that it was like in your face we're going to increase diversity and change ethnicity so these characters make a big deal about it. Um, it's just like you know London at the time uh, this, fil- this film was set was probably a pretty diverse place especially in the lower socioeconomic classes so why not reflect that? Um, I believe the, the characters and ended up becoming the hu- main human characters uh, in um, in in the one and one Dalmatians who are both white, you know, Roger and, and Anita, um, you know, the ones who end up getting Pongo and, and Perdita, the the, do- the the main Dalmatians from the animated film. Um, they were in this film, but they were. Uh, I believe they were, I, I know Anita was black I believe I think uh, the Roger character was was Indian um, so you know that was the, and then Jasper again he definitely was was a person of color as well there's even the scene when Cruella was like going through the seats and ordering like some Indian food from a deli which you know South the South Asian community in London is very proud of their Indian food I believe they say that chicken tikka masala is more London food than it is uh, Indian food um, but yeah just, just definitely love that part of it as you know with most of the film just definitely doing its own thing so uh, overall Cruella gets a four out of five stars for me. Uh, and with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, let me suit my ideas for what else I should cover via email at boxedofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a friend that any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon. and that, that helps you make not only this show, but all the other podcasts that I work on. Links to all of that will be in our show notes. The numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com or intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod you can find his stuff at thecompetech.filmmusic.io editing production is provided by Ninja Boy Media until next time this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast and remember our watch goes on Music